I'm not sure whose fault it was, Ruby's or mine, that we didn't get in. Let's just say neither of us aced the admissions interview. I knew we were in trouble as soon as Ruby woke me up at 6 a.m. with a scowl as black as the cowboy boots she had insisted on wearing to bed the night before. She refused to let me comb the left half of her hair, so I ended up walking out of the house holding the hand of a tiny little carny sideshow attraction, a half-adorable beribboned angel, half-street urchin from hell. The effect was dramatized further by her chosen attire, Superman t-shirt, magenta miniskirt, and bright yellow clogs. She was impervious to my pleas and seemed uninterested in my explanation of how not going to the right preschool would preclude Harvard, Swarthmore, or any other decent college. She'd end up at Slippery Rock State like her dad. Even if she hadn't been two and a half years old, this would likely have made little impression on her. Her univied father made about ten times as much money as her thickly ivied mother— and had an infinitely more satisfying career as a screenwriter than mine had been as a public defender. By the time we got into the car, we were all three, Mama, Daddy, and Baby, in matching moods. Bad. Really, really bad. Peter was irritated because he'd had to get up before eleven. Ruby was irritated because I had turned off the big comfy couch and forced her to eat some Cheerios and get out of the house. I was irritated at Ruby for being such a stubborn little brat, at Peter for failing to help me get her ready for the interview, and at myself for having gained 55 pounds in the first 32 weeks of my second pregnancy. I'd already outgrown most of my maternity clothes, and the only thing I could fit into was an old dusty black smock that I had worn to shreds when I was pregnant with the tiny Hell's Angel herself. As we drove up Santa Monica Boulevard, I desperately tried to give Ruby some last-minute admissions hints. Listen, Peach Fuzz, it's really important that you try to be sweet today, okay? No. Yes. Yes, it is. You have to try to share with other kids. Don't grab toys or fight, okay? No. Yes. Hey, I have an idea. You can tell some of your funny stories. How about that story about the crazy kitty? Want to practice that now? That's such a great story. No. I sighed. Peter looked over at me and raised his eyebrows. She'll be fine, I said. As soon as she's around the other kids, she'll be her sweet, agreeable self. I glanced into the back seat. Ruby was grimly picking her nose and wiping it on the armrest of her car seat. When she saw me looking at her, she covered her eyes with her hands. The Heart Song School was widely considered the best preschool in the city of Los Angeles. The competition for the 17 spots that opened each fall in the Billy Goat Room was cutthroat. It was probably easier to qualify for the Olympic gymnastics team. It was certainly easier to get into medical school. Everyone who was anyone in Hollywood had a little billy goat. The school's spring fundraiser, a talent show, had boasted original songs by Alan Menken, dance numbers by Bette Midler, and one legendary reenactment of Romeo and Juliet's balcony scene starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Whoopi Goldberg.